Welcome on in. Happy Tuesday to everyone out there. You know, you're in this kind of lull of sports right now where uh, not much going on. Uh, Brewers, everyone finally checked into spring training yesterday. Christian Yelich meeting with the media. Pat Murphy talking as well. It was nice to see uh, Yelly there and looking a little extra yoked as you know, age keeps on ticking, and he getting a little older. Older, excuse me. The Brewers are uh, getting younger. A bunch of these unproven pieces, right, or some inexperienced contributors that they had last year. So you got that kind of, you know, floating out there in the ether. The NBA, they're on their All Star break. How much reaction can you get from one dunk contest that has been uh, on life support, uh, maybe just dead, flatlined? Uh, for the longest of times, how many different times can you dunk a basketball, get it excited about it? Uh, the three-point contest, you know, exciting to see Steph Curry take on uh, the lady from the WNBA, see Damian Lillard get it done as well in his three-point contest. And then, yeah, yeah, how pumped up can you get over the All-Star game when players are talking about how the exciting parts or most of the exciting parts were in between quarters of the Bulls and the Pacers hype teams dunking off of trampolines Um, but you know Damian Lillard getting that MVP as well in the all-star game so you talk can Damian Lillard Dame time catapult that to confidence more into the second half of the season which is coming up on Friday for the Milwaukee Bucks and then as uh, you're waiting around for more uh, sports to come out right Damian Lillard make a little noise yesterday when he was asked a question about building his uh, perfect team that's to surround him and none of his players on the Bucks were even listed from Dame time and you got people overreacting on that and then you look around the NFL how many times can you talk about you know the halftime show Usher doing his thing with uh, Lil John Alicia Keys coming out there etc and you know is uh, Kyle Shanahan how much is he to blame for overtime and how good is Patrick Mahomes and this and that? I understand it. But then you hyper-focus on one thing, and that's college basketball right now because that's kind of you know what's going on. Uh, no action out of the Big Ten yesterday. Hell, wasn't much action at all out of college basketball for uh, the top 25. You really didn't have uh, much flair. What Houston uh, took down Iowa State. 73 to 65, a battle of top tens, number two versus number six. I've been watching Houston, by the way. They are a hell of a team. Uh, obviously, ranked second in the nation. They are a hell of a team. They are friggin' fun to watch, man. As uh, I watched them taking down Texas over the weekend, and they are just, they're just fun basketball. And I'd say Iowa, Iowa State's no schleps either. But uh, out of the Big Ten, I mean, nothing going on. But you do see the new AP top 25 leaking out, and you say to yourself, what? In the hell happened to our Wisconsin Badgers, once ranked sixth in the nation, and now the slide is complete out of the top 25. The Badgers no longer in it. The first time they haven't been ranked in quite some time. The number six to number 11 to number 20, and now fully out in the last one, two, three weeks for our Wisconsin Badgers from six to 11 to 20 and now out completely a one in five record in their last six. They uh, did get a couple of votes though. They received some votes in the receiving others receiving votes section. So not, um, 
I guess you can't say completely out because some people like to say, hey, we got some votes we're receiving here. It's like getting a participation trophy when you finish 26th out of, uh, you know, uh, if they reward 25 people. You still got the ribbon. You're like, I participated. Yeah, but the Badgers weren't the only team to drop this week. You know, the Boilermakers, they suffered their first loss in 10 games, too, losing 73-69 to to the Ohio State Buckeyes. So you got them falling. Uh, but on the other hand, the Fighting Illini, Illinois, who was ranked 14th, now ranked 12th. Uh, they've moved up two spots. That's a team that's coming up here for the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Wisconsin is now, uh, you know, looking at this game tonight uh, against the Maryland Terrapins. And you can't help but say, with the final five games remaining, that this thing is a must win. It is a must-win tonight against the Maryland Terrapins. I don't see how you can look at it any other way. Losers of you know, five of their last six. The only win coming against Ohio State, who then fired their head coach, Chris Holtman, who kind of had it coming. I mean, if you remember the first game against the Badgers, it's kind of karma for him. He got all pissed off and hacked off when Max Klesman had a steal, took it to driving A.J. Store wide open through a flush dunk to put the game completely out of reach. Holtman lost his mind. Uh, kind of had some uh, choice words to say. Was a little baby about it afterwards as well in the post game. Not too much. But then Wisconsin sends him to his demise. And then what happens with Ohio State? They go out and somehow and beat Purdue, number two at the time, in the country. Crazy. But the Badgers, from sixth in the nation now to unranked, is something that I think could be studied for years to come here, depending on how the rest of the season goes. Because from where the Badgers were, from how they were playing, of how incredible they were, the depth of the team, just the talking about how fun it was to watch the Badgers. Now, it's not to say it's not fun. The offense is still there. The offense is still looking good for Bucky. They're putting up, hell, 80 to 90 points. It's just that defense is you're wondering, who in the hell is this team that we're seeing defensively now. As a Badgers team, we have uh, never really seen defense like this, or I should say lack there of defense. We got to get into a little Bo Ryan today. Brushed in a little bit of it yesterday as he's up in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, nominated, he's a finalist. It's beyond time that we put Bo Ryan in. You know, there was a time in Wisconsin basketball when they would make more free throws than the other team attempted. You know, that's kind of gone the way of the Dodo Bird right now for the Badgers. The defense has really been lacking, what we were just kind of talking about. And then you look out also, um, just just getting it done down the stretch. You know, you're reverting into this hero ball. We saw it a lot of times with Chucky Hepburn. And, you know, injuries are obviously are a key. Kamari McGee, uh, by the way, out of the boot. They're going to work on getting him back into the lineup. Still going to be a little timeout. But Kamari McGee is an underrated piece here coming off the bench for the Badgers to give Chucky Hepburn some fresher legs as, you know, Chucky's out there being that floor general now that they got A.J. Store who is able to slash and cut to the basket and sometimes appearing to score at will. But when you don't got Kamari McGee to give Chucky Hepburn a little bit of a break, you see the dead legs. Now, should those final shots be run through Chucky Hepburn or should they be run through A.J. Store? So, again, we'll get into the minutia tonight of a uh, must-win game against the Maryland Terrapins in 8 o'clock tip. So get ready for a Big Ten, big stage, big late game. Not too late. Uh, looking here, um, you know, we talked about the AP Top 25 with Wisconsin falling out. Purdue didn't fall too far after losing to Ohio State. They went from number two in the country to now to number three. Here you go, Kinger. Your Marquette Golden Eagles and all our uh, Marquette fans out there, still a top-ten team. They are number seven 
uh, 19 and six record. Got to give, I guess, a little love to the Golden Eagles, or I should say, some of our listeners that love the Golden Eagles. And then uh, we already talked about, you know, Illinois going up in the rankings by two, 12th in the nation. And outside of that, I mean, the Big Ten, uh, not much flair. You got Purdue again, three, and you got Illinois at 12. That's kind of it for the Big Ten. Badgers got to get it going because you're supposed to be playing your best ball this time of year or nearing your best ball as March comes a little closer each and every day. Hell, it's happy February 20th, by the way. So you want to be ascending, right? You don't want to be descending. And it feels like the Badgers are spir- doesn't feel like it. You could look at it. They're spiraling, uh, spiraling right now. And Greg Gard met with the media yesterday. We'll get the comments from Gardo. As Gardo had a lot to say uh, about this Badger team. As he said, no one's going to feel sorry for you. I can't feel sorry for yourself either. You got to keep on keeping on. You know, they say life's a garden. Dig it. It's kind of hard to dig it right now, watching the Badgers fall with their only win coming over that Ohio State team. Uh, you know, when you're losing the, uh, the lowly Michigan Wolverines, it stings. It hurts. Especially, uh, you know, we got that extracurricular stuff with Jawan Howard slapping Joe Krabenhoff, getting in Greg Gard's face. It was also, you know, when they lost Jawan Howard's birthday, when they lost to the lowly Michigan Wolverines, and you thought, damn, man, I wish you kind of could have spoiled it a little bit right there. But the Maryland Terrapins coming in, they are awful on the road. They are terrible on the road. And the Badgers, they've only lost, what, one conference game at home, and it was against Lurch, Zach Eady, and the Purdue Boilermakers. Maryland's terrible. They're 3-6 and six on the road. I don't think they've won a road game since Jan- mid-January. So the Terrapins, not good. 6-9 in conference play, 14-12 and 12 overall. They are coming off a loss. Badgers, though, coming off that 5-6. and six. <laughs> As, uh, yeah, It's not cutting time tonight. And that loss, Maryland's coming off 85-80 uh, to 80 loss to Illinois, which happened on Saturday. So Maryland's had some time off. Excited to get the comments from Gardo. Uh, speaking of that, he'll also talk on Bo Ryan getting inducted as a finalist right now. It, not inducted, but a finalist to be inducted in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So excited to hear all that. Bo Ryan, a lot of people love him. Well, I think everyone loves him. I don't see how you couldn't. And then also, speaking of audio, good stuff out of spring training. A lot of stuff from Christian Yelich, a lot of stuff from Pat Murphy. And our guy, Muzz, uh, Jet here on Twitch. He said, don't forget the Milwaukee Brewers are bringing back the big, woo, Brandon Woodruff. Hell yeah, they are, man. Excited to see Woody back with the crew. I uh, wanted to talk today, you know, about Matt Arnold, his signings. Also, Mark Anasio. You know, what has Adonacio done? Are you happy with it so far? Brandon Woodruff back. Like, that's cool. It's nice to have him in the locker room, but it's also kind of disheartening because the dude, if you remember before the playoffs last year for the Brewers, out of nowhere, shoulder surgery, and the big woo was put on the shelf, had surgery. He's not going to pitch till 2025. So that's tough. But having his presence in the locker room, Christian Yellich talked about it. Um, huge, huge for the Milwaukee Brewers. Hey, their first Cactus League game is going to be on Saturday as well. So that, we got some Packers on the brain today. Uh, There's a couple names yesterday that the Packers opted not to give some money to. That means could they be gone from the team? You know, could they be back? 
We'll talk some uh, Green Bay Packers, a little salary cap. Also, a certain individual, Agent 69, could be on the chopping block. And more Bucks stuff as uh, we're looking here at this team wondering what they're going to be like in the second half. Badgers tonight, 8 o'clock on the cock, going against Maryland. What? Nothing. That's the word. <laughs> Peacock. NBC. Did I see that... Uh, that was Paramount going to join forces with Peacock and create a streaming service called Cockmount? Did I see that right? Wouldn't it be the other way around? It could be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wisco Chad, what's up, man? You guys are, uh, you know, something else. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, dude? What's happening? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I want to talk a little Brewers. Yeah. I, you know, it's, Pitchers and catchers a week ago. We got everybody reporting today or this week. It's exciting. It is exciting. Um, are you ready to get your hopes up just to maybe be crushed? Or, um, oh. <laughs> or, or, or what, what do you think? Like, I think the over-under is around six, 76 and a half for the crew. Every year I, I watched. In fact, last night once I saw the signing, I watched the home run that uh, Woody hit against uh, oh, Kershaw. Yeah. <laughs> That's like and one of my favorite moments of all time, but yes, it's also heart crushing, you know. Well, you know, for a game that's been around for well over a hundred years, for there only to be twenty six home runs hit in the playoffs by pitchers, it's still kind of cool. Yeah, and that was a Absolutely. bomb. That, that was, was a bomb, dude. Was a no doubter. I thought that was like the moment that would you know propel the the We're Brewers. Doing it. We're doing it, and then well, yeah, that's so fast. Well, I mean, they they took them to seven games against team that payroll was like triple. So it, yeah. And then you get all that pitching afterwards, right? You know, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, you got, you know, Willie Peralta, you got all these guys that are coming up and then there just no sticks like when needed in the, in the postseason. And you never got back to anything farther. Uh, uh, Keston here was supposed to be the no, savior. Kestaddy. And he looked, he looked the part for like 26 games and then yeah. fell apart. Yep, yep. Kestaddy. Like he got the how did, did anybody ever figure out what yips he got? But he sure got the yips. He just he, he couldn't. Um, what was it? He couldn't hit against lefties, and he was just getting torched constantly. I think that was his yip. Is he just couldn't do it? But I mean, in the, in the minors, it wasn't the split print that bad. So yeah. I, I just whatever. So I, I got a question <laughs> for you. Yeah. For for Woodruff here, you got hurt playing for the Brewers. And there's all this talk about, does it work like the NFL? Are there injury settlements? Do you guys have any idea? I don't know how that works in Major League Baseball. Like, are they on the tab for your rehab for that time? Yeah, you were I, don't, I don't know exactly, but I know they'd be paying for his rehab and stuff because, like, you know, we had that little clip from MLB Network, and, like, you know, the Brewers will be rehabbing him. They'll know exactly what, you know, they, they're going to get from him, so... Um, well, but the fact that they had to sign him to another contract, I feel like... I feel like in most sports you can't cut an injured player. <laughs> like, I, I, I thought you you are on the tab, and that's why they have the injury settlement in the NFL, the NBA, who knows what they have, but, but Greg Oden was, like, in that. Like, so the, the 2024 there. season was set to be his final year of team control, meaning Milwaukee would have paid Woodruff $11 million, uh, or so to spend the season rehabbing. Uh, yeah, okay. then I, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go. I'd have to do a little digging, and I don't really know. I don't have a. I don't have an answer for you. Digging. Okay. So, so I mean, technically, we added a year to the deal. Then is what we did, right? So I don't know the financials that have come out yet, but yeah, I mean, we'll 
more will be revealed on that front. But you like the move. You like the move, though, right, Chad? Like it's a good move. Yeah, love, love the move. Love yeah. the move. I, I mean, it's Corbin Burns is never going to suck the stick around. The moment he hired Scott Boris, it was over. So oh it, yeah. It just, well, I think it was over with that arbitration meeting when they blamed Corbin Burns for missing the playoffs, and they wouldn't give him like a seven hundred thousand dollar raise, and he's and he had to fly. He, I don't know why he flew in for his own arbitration meeting. Yeah, uh, he did it on Valentine's Day. Yeah, he did it on Valentine's Day, and his wife was all hacked off about it. <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't listen to his agent. Said, "Don't go to this meeting. Yeah, it's only going to make you upset. Don't go." What did he do? Oh, I got to go. I was listening. To, um, to, I was listening to the Bill Michaels show yesterday, and Grant said something intriguing. He's like, uh, Grant said, "I felt like we got over Corbin Burns leaving the Brewers, like, like no problem, like, like really quickly for a guy that was so good, won a Cy Young, you know, did so much for the Brewers, and now he's just an Oriole, and everyone's like, oh, ho hum, whatever." Like, did you? Did we ever like have qualms with Burns leaving? I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but did I feel like everyone just got over it immediately? I mean, partly it's, it was like the tail end of the hot stove in the winter, so it, it wasn't super – it just kind of odd timing when it happened. It didn't happen early, as early as everybody thought it would, so that was kind of nice to be able to get, you know, out of out of your mindset a little bit. Like, the Super Bowl was there that week, right? Or was that the week after? I can't remember. But anyways – it's it, it was already a known entity. He was leaving. Yeah. Um. The big the bigger issue that I kind of have about it is like, did we really think Burns was that Cy Young pitcher at the last year and a half? I mean, he had some big games. He pitched well. Um. But there was also times where it's like he gave up the big dong. Yeah. And it, it just. It, I don't and, know. And the play, and in the playoffs were, too, in the playoffs too, he didn't really pitch like the ace that he should have been to a degree as well. And, you know, and I think I'd argue that Woodruff was actually better in the playoffs um, as a pitcher. Yeah. You know, even even when he got to hit the ball, he <laughs> certainly was. <laughs> and then it was a but bummer because that shoulder injury doomed him right before the playoffs last year, and you're you're left like, damn, dude, because a lot of people were saying Woody yeah. should have got the ball for game one, you know. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, I, honestly, I think he's he's a tone setter. He just is. He's just yeah. fiery Texan. Um, it, it just it, it's uh, it's interesting. And I, people forget Woodruff that year. I think it was a run or the second runner up to the Cy Young. So it was. Is he not a slouch? No, so. he's yeah. He's a he's a beast. Is there <laughs> any is, he, is there any Wisconsin athletes? Uh, that have left Chad that you haven't quite gotten over, or ones that are, are you glad are gone? Like, how long did it take you to get over Brett Favre leaving, or Aaron Rodgers leaving, or you know? Funny, funny, funny you say Brett Favre. He can come back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm still Man, not over. I'm Favre. still not over Brett Favre. Um, you know, going uh, obviously to the Vikings, but you know, to the Jets it hurt uh, a little bit. But you're like, okay, I could see the writing on the wall a little bit, even though I didn't like it. But then when he went to the Vikings, man, did that really sting? But I forgave him when he threw that interception against the Saints. Uh, but I'm still not quite over it. Like Aaron Rodgers, I understand it. Like I get it. Um, it took me a, a long time to get over that. But like for Corbin Burns, I was over it almost immediately. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Like it's it, the Aaron Rodgers thing. He Aaron made it easy for us to not really uh, want him around anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm a little yeah. different thinker than most people on it, Rogers. I still, but but with Jordan Love looking so good, it made it a lot easier. Obviously, 
Well, they, that that helped. Yeah. But it, no, I, I I'm not going to disagree. I think Rodgers is a very interesting person. It's just sometimes it, it seems like he's really gotten his own PR wave. Yeah. Well, it's like when you look back at that last season where you know you had all those inexperienced wide receivers and he was you know off doing his own thing. You're like, well, it probably would have behooved you to you know showed up for you know you know training camp and. Helped out well, a he, had, bit. he had to listen to Dolphins boning to get his, uh, <laughs> you know. And I'm all, I'm all for, I'm so all could, for people know. like mental health and getting their mind right, and that's what he was doing. But it's like, dude, eventually you got to come back and help the team out that's around you. It's it's still a little weird when uh, you know you're doing all these things. If if you listen to you know Dolphins uh, fornicating on repeat, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't tell the world you did it. <laughs> Like, like I get, I get the uh, like the ayahuasca stuff, like because it's very spiritual, and a lot of people do that. And you know, Jordan Poyer of the Buffalo Bills, he did it too, and it really helped. You know, cure his alcohol addiction and made him a new person and a better player. Like I understand that, but when you start talking about dolphins getting it on, and you're listening to it, that's yeah, it gets a little. That's where even for me, it jumps the shark a little bit. It gets a little bizarre. <laughs> but hey, but hey, I've never tried it. I've never listened to dolphins having sex. So what do I know? Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> well, Shane, you're, you're, in the, you're in the medical field. Would you ever prescribe someone like, hey, yeah, I know uh, you're, you're trying to heal your body, you're trying to heal your mind, and let me put this uh, this video on. Just to sit back and listen to dolphins fornicating. Would you ever do that, Chad? So there's always this whole like fringe medicine thing, right? Yeah, and some sometimes it like works, and sometimes it doesn't. Aaron Rodgers subscribes to literally, I'm going to try all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Good, bad, or otherwise. Hey, man, Eastern medicine's it, been around a lot longer than Western medicine, you know? Yeah, I mean, true. But I don't know about <laughs> dolphins banging. I don't know if that falls under East or West or some kind of different kind of medicine. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like to say that, and I also like to point out, yes, there are things that are complementary and work in nature, but it wasn't until what the development and further advancement of Western medicine that we live past the age of thirty-eight. Yeah. So, you know, it, <laughs> there is something to be said about it. Also, you got to throw in like you know, cleanliness, like washing your hands. Um, I would say like indoor plumbing, <laughs> stuff like that too. <laughs> wash your hands, wash your butt. Yeah, wash your hands, wash your butt. Uh, Chad, anything else, Chad? Before let's go. Nice hearing from you, man. Everything cool your way? We're good. We're good. It's. Sunny day, yeah. Are, uh, I was going to ask you, do you um, I forget, are you an NBA guy? You get down at the box at all? Eh, I, I dabble. I don't I don't really watch the games they follow. It's it's hard yeah. to really like the NBA until the fourth quarter of the playoffs. I was going to ask if you were concerned <laughs> at the, with the Bucks at all or not, but, you know. I, I, I mean, I would be a little bit concerned. They're paying three coaches currently. <laughs> none, of them, none of them apparently are coaching. Yeah. Now, Mike, Mike Budenholzer, they say, is on a short list for uh, the the Brooklyn Nets fired their head coach, and Booty's on a short list for that. So maybe he'll have a, a job again. Who knows? Anyways. Yeah, so he could mismanage everybody there, too. Whoa. Hey, hey, Whoa. Hey, hey, he won a championship. He won a championship. Come on. I think that, that's like Big Mike winning that championship. Hey, hey, oh, hey, oh, oh. We're just trying to have a nice time yeah, here. Yeah, I was just trying to have a nice conversation. Now we got to let you go. Chad, we love you, buddy. <laughs> see you again. See you, man. <laughs> wow. Line, hard. Line one, good morning. Man, I missed the very end of that call. Vagabond I, I John in the house. The controversy. What's up, baby? How we living? 
How are we doing, boys? Doing There's an uh, interesting conversation in the, uh, in the old Twitch chat there. Yeah, what is... Uh, Halliburton for Giannis Adekupo. Yeah, G-Dub said, would you yeah. trade Giannis for Halliburton right now? I'll hang up and listen. And be honest and don't be a homer. Um, no, I would not, G-Dub. No. I think I would. Really? Tell me more. Yeah, I mean, Giannis is 29 years old. The style of game he plays, he's proven he's never going to really truly develop an actual jump shot to be a threat into his 30s. So you look at the style of physical bully ball versus the 23-year-old star Tyrese Halliburton, give me the guy who's younger and will also last longer over the guy that, you know, he's going to turn 30 in December. And I just I, uh, I generally don't trust excessively physical players. You know, Giannis, who else pops off in football? Like Bring him home. Isaiah Pacheco is like a football player that comes to mind where it's like his running style. I'm like, he's going to be awesome for two years. <laughs> and then, you know, his body will catch him. But, you know, nah, you, I, I, uh, how about this? Giannis right now ranks this season first in points, fifth in rebounds, tenth in assists, seventh in steals. He's the only player in top ten for all four categories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I love trading, right? The and Greek freak. What you have to do, unlike what we did with Aaron Rodgers, bring back the last call, you got to sell high. Unlike what we did with David Bakhtiari, unlike what we've done, you know, historically with Wisconsin athletes, you got to sell high. Well, the one with the with Bakhtiari, though, it's not like you had the opportunity to sell high. Did you? Because no, remember, he signed I mean, that big deal, yeah. and then all of a sudden, he, his, his ACL went pop. Yeah, and then it's you know a couple because um, he had he had some surgeries that didn't take. Or are you talking about? Trading yes. or before the big deal was even signed. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So for me, for me, it's like oh. you have these awesome players, and you look at the casual fans out there saying, "How could you ever, you know, sell an all-star player?" And for me, I'm thinking, well, it's either that or they turn thirty on your roster, yep. take up millions and millions of dollars. I mean, you look across the league over time, how many player, how many left tackles really turn out after the age of like twenty nine? It's really I mean, there's just a handful. And David Bakhtiari was poised to be one of those, so I'm not saying it was a, a terrible move to resign him, right? But I'm not rewriting history. This is what I was saying when it all happened, when it all went down. I wanted Aaron Rodgers gone, you know. It's funny because I wanted Rodgers gone. I wanted Rodgers gone in 2018. Everyone called me crazy. They said I was I was an idiot. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's like Hyman Roth once said, I didn't ask who gave the order. Some other garbly gook in there and then this is the business we've chosen <laughs> Some well it's more this is the business you know we've chosen. it's more geared towards mo green yeah. <laughs> so i had a question there's a lot of discourse right now and i'm trying to figure out where i stand on it and this is the cycle of suck and and the nut kick continuum <laughs> and the same conversation we tend to have every single year around this time greg guard evo yeah you first what is the temperature of Greg Gard's seat, in your opinion? It's warming up, definitely. Um, you got to see what happens with these remaining five games and obviously the Big Ten tournament in March Madness. I mean, they were projected as a four seed before that Iowa game, right? Um, they were once ranked six in the country not too long ago. But with this little skid, and then you throw in the NIT last year, and if the Badgers have a early – if they make March Madness, the seat's still warm but not hot. But and I don't think they're not making March Madness. But if they have a first round exit, I think then there's one more season to see what happens. And if it's bad, then RJ, I 
solely based on your two other men's money-making sports, I think he's on that hot plate. It's on the warming setting right now. Uh, But if things continue to develop the way they're developing, it could be where you have your uh, AD looking for your basketball version of Mike Hastings. Yeah, because we've seen him make changes quick. It's tough, right? Because the way they set up their contracts, they always have the the auto renew, yep, right? The auto extend, and so it's not like you can be well. Oh, just got two years left. Let's see what you can do. Let's see if you can have an earn it year because that auto extends to like twenty twenty eight or whatever. So it has to be an actual decision to pull the trigger on this guy. And for me, um, I have two arguments. Number one, I think it's absolutely BS when people are like, "Well, he won conference championships." Look, if you think. Uh, tying for the regular season Big Ten title, you know, you're essentially P.J. Fleck in my mind, if you're making that <laughs> argument. And I know Gary Alvarez on Twitter loves to rip on P.J. Fleck, and then he'll turn around and absolutely pound his chest and embarrass Wisconsin fans, seeing that tying, you know, three-way tie for first place in the regular season is a, is a championship. That's BS. Yeah. So I don't really put a lot of stock into his, you know, championship year. The postseason's been atrocious. We're not doing. A, we're not making any noise in the Big Ten tournament, and it's been seven years since the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. All that being said, I am really excited for the guard from Minneapolis to join the team next year. Yeah. I am really excited yeah. to bring back an incredibly young roster. Yeah, and we've seen Greg Gard do really well in the tournament in the past, so I think he can get there. Yeah. So, in my opinion, I think he should get one more year, no matter what. And, or, or with the exception of, he's got to have some turnover with the assistants, right? Is it time for Joe Krabenhoff to leave? Is it time for some of these other guys to leave? Because those are the guys that are in the lab developing these players. Under Bull Ryan, player development was great. Greg Gard was running a lot of that. Under Greg Gard, player development's been garbage. It has been. And that's not really his job anymore. That's really on the assistants in practice a lot more. So, I don't know. I think Greg Gard should get another year, but turn over some of those assistants and let's, uh, let's bring out some money. Does, for, uh, does he really want to get rid of his muscle, though? Because yeah, mean, you need a guy. You need a protector. Kravinov stepped in there and took an open hand slap to the face. Hey, Gardo said though. Gardo said, "I'm here. I'm here." Gardo would have done it. He's got Juan muscle. Howard will not be around to be a problem next year. Oh, okay. Then that you is, can get rid of Kravinov. Yeah. Well, it's funny. If Juwan Howard comes back, that'll be wild. Well, Vegamon, it's funny. It's it's a conversation we've been having a couple times throughout the season is, you know, about Gardo. It's like, who has gotten better? And I think you've been involved, too. Who has gotten better under guard? Um, you know, who's taking that next step? Because you get a freshman coming in, and you see, like, this guy could be good. Then all of a sudden, it kind of becomes stagnant. And uh, you never see a guy take a next step. I think you were on this take, too. And, uh, like, A.J. Store, he's a transfer, you know. Uh, Johnny Davis was, what, hit? He was the only guy to go to the NBA, and Micah Potter did as well. Yeah, and Potter was obviously a transfer in, but you know Johnny Johnny Davis is the one guy to take the next step. That was a guard guy. Yeah, I think you could say Johnny Davis. I think you can if you're you know have a pros and cons, right? And you're putting the pros, meaning players who developed well. I think the two guys that you could put there would be Johnny Davis and Micah Potter. Uh, Micah Potter did improve significantly. Yeah, well, he's in the uh, league too. He's he plays in the NBA time. But, you know, that's not a long list. And Wisconsin has had guys who have been around the program for a long time. I think you would put Stephen Crowell in that category just because I do think from where he was as a freshman 
to where he is now, he's significantly better. That being said, the inconsistency is just what kills Greg Gard. Mm-hmm. His players just don't have that consistent mindset. I don't know if they're fearing the, you know, getting pulled from the game. I don't know what it is, but man, these players, they get in their head. You can tell exactly when this team starts tightening up and they just go on an eight minute scoring drought. So, you know, in terms of Johnny Davis, I don't know if he actually improved or if Greg Gard just said, hey, you're a sophomore. You're, now you actually have a green light. Yeah, um, ball. Because that dude kind of came out, but. No, I'm excited for March. We're going to land, you know, that six, seven, five, six, seven seed area. Um, it's going to be a tight matchup. I hope they can make it to the second weekend so that when I'm out in Vegas for my bachelor party, oh, we have something to kind of rally around. But buddy. we'll kind of see. So yeah, I got I got to talk to Grant for some Vegas Rex. Uh, well, I mean, I've been to Vegas more than Grant has. If you want some Rex, bro, come on. I mean, if regardless, if you're going during the NCAA tournament, even on the second weekend. Just sit in the sports book all day. I'll hook you up with. Um, <laughs> that was fun when I went during opening weekend. That up, was insane. I'll hook you up with my promoter girl, Coco Vegas, and she can get you into. Yes. she can get you into some clubs. Don't have to pay the cover we're charge. Dedicating, we're going four nights. We're That's dedicating one night to the clubs because we know that if we do two, it's just going to trap. I would say uh, find a pool party, like the win pool party. The pool party is like ten times more better and more cool and more fun than the club. But you got to do a club one night, but the pool party is where it's at. Awesome. And, yes, I was being a little facetious asking Grant for Vegas right now. <laughs> uh, obviously, Evo is the go-to for <laughs> any sort of I would say check out the stadium swim at Circa. I've heard that place is awesome. Yeah, dude. And that's on um, you know Fremont, so that's Fremont gets wild. Fremont's fun. The, the, thing that the, the thing that the fellows are most excited for so far, and I feel like some of the listeners would get a kick out of this, uh, we signed up for a helicopter gun range what? where you basically what? fly up oh. and you shoot like you know military grade like big guns off of a helicopter oh. at target. Like uh, um, Agents Johnson and Johnson in Die Hard. How badass is that? <laughs> and I'm like, because I told fellas, I'm like, this is the, you know, a lot of them were like, you know, they're kind of the type of guys that are like, oh, I don't like Vegas, but I go for one time, and I'm like, all right. Let's do it for my bachelor party. And now I'm like, all right, let's find the most ridiculous things yeah, we can do. So we're gonna go. We're going to operate some heavy machinery oh, in an excavation pit, That's and we're going to shoot large guns off of That's so badass. You yeah. literally can do whatever you want in Vegas. Like, you can find anything you want to do um, from any walk of life. So, like, it's all out there. You know, just depends on how much money you got. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Well, cool, man. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll shut up and listen. I'm curious, you know, establishing for Wisconsin fans where we're at. Because there's a lot of sarcastic people out there who used to make fun of people who wanted Greg Gard fired, you know. Gary Alvarez is the one I always point to as just being an absolute lo- loser on Twitter. But, you know, now it's getting uh, to be a kind of a tough defensive, defensible position, right? I, I'm, I'm used to defending hard positions, but I don't know if I can defend Greg Gard anymore. Yeah, it's getting a little so. tougher right now on the stretch. Well, Vagabond, you're a man, brother. I did find tickets tonight for $4 in the, uh, the cheapest seats if you want to go, just FYI. <clears throat> I am in row three across from the visitor's bench, so I will, I'll be there. Oh, there you go. I want a full report tomorrow, all right? Will do. Are you, walking are, are you walking to the game? <laughs> no, my ankles actually still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take a car. We love you, Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> See you, buddy. Later, boy. See you. <laughs> yeah, before you know it, Wisconsin football seems like a ways away. It's going to be back before you know it. Uh, some news coming out. Someone kind of spilling the beans a little bit here. RJ, what's the one thing that Wisconsin football and fans don't like doing when it comes to a road game? 
going to it. Yeah. <laughs> they always, well, I mean, I mean, not the traveling itself. Well, maybe for this destination because you got to pay some tolls. But a field that's always got long grass. Badgers always play there. It's always like overcast and sleepy. Oh, you, you're Northwestern. You're talking about going to Northwestern. Yeah, Ryan Field. Well, Ryan Field. Now, Northwestern is. Um, uh, I don't think they decided on a permanent stadium for the next two years while they no. build the new Ryan Field. I saw those mock-ups. Those things are pretty badass. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what it actually looks like in the end. Because even though it says that stadium's 30,000, whoever drew that made it look like it seats 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they're mock-ups, you know. But yeah. uh, the athletic director for Northwestern, um, what's his name? Greg, he told alumni in New York City last week that Northwestern will play a home game, so they found a partial home here, at Lambeau Field this year. Did not mention an opponent, but it would likely be Wisconsin on October 19th. How yeah. cool is that, dude? Yeah. Um, Sucks to be uh, Northwestern. I saw some <laughs> Northwestern uh, fans or whatnot um, talk about, well, it makes sense as to why they don't have homecoming in October this year. Yeah. Because they're not playing in Chicago. Um, I also had somebody, because uh, I shared it with some friends and stuff, um, some guys who are Wisconsin guys but live in the Chicago area, and they were like, I thought I heard they were playing their home games at the Chicago Fire Stadium this year. Cool stadium. I've been there. Yeah. Um, so... But there were also rumors that they're going to be a game at Wrigley. Um, so who knows? Maybe the next two years there might be some barnstorming going on. And, <laughs> I mean, it's a good recruiting tool. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. You it's, get your brand up in up in uh, yeah, up in Green Bay. So like, I don't know how big of a home field advantage you're going to have. No, or, but like, I don't, I don't even know how big Northwestern's fan base really is. There but. though, I, I don't know how it works if you don't have a true home stadium for a year. But like a recruiting visit to uh, an official visit to Lambo on your recruiting that's visit. Pretty cool. I, I don't like I like I said, I don't know in this day and age if that's uh, a violation of any kind because it's not a true home game or however is that I mean it's is but it's a neutral site game so yeah. maybe you can't have recruits there well, but. i mean even if they are they haven't announced an opponent but if you're going to Lambo field if you're northwestern uh, it, it only makes sense that it would be against Wisconsin. Yeah. So how cool for a Northwestern, I guess, to a degree. I don't know how far those students want to travel um, and how about those fan base, you know, it's not the students would want to travel up to Lambeau, but it, it's a destination spot. Do you have a buddy who lives in Appleton who's like, you better be coming to this if it, it is Wisconsin. I was like, yeah, okay, I guess I can't say no to that. It's <laughs> It's got to be, it's got to be Wisconsin. Really cool for us Badger fans. And, I, I'm not inside the mind of a Wildcats fan, but yeah, uh, it would be a cool destination spot to go check out a stadium to see your team play. Yeah, and honestly, it's not like those Northwestern graduates are all Bears fans, so it's not like there's a set-in, I don't want to go there. Yeah, and uh, I don't think, uh, Kinger says, will Northwestern bring their weather machine to Lambeau Field? Cause Probably. Every t- <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be, if Northwestern goes somewhere, it'll be overcast, it'll be a little rainy, a little cloudy. I'm trying to remember what the weather was like when they beat Nebraska. The Packers are not going to have a home game that Sunday. 
Oh yeah, I wonder because you'd be you're not playing. Yeah, you're field, not playing obviously. two fields, uh, two two games on the field in a week. Yeah, obviously you don't know the schedule yet for the Packers, but the you know the opponents are out. You just don't know the dates. But yeah, that's uh, very int- cool. We should make a trip out of it. That'd be really cool. And yeah. then the Badgers are going to get us the sponsor. The Badgers are going to <laughs> Ireland. What do you remember? What year? Twenty twenty seven. And who are they playing again? Pitt. Yeah, Pitt. That's what it is. Pitt. Now there's somewhere we should go and do Dude, the whole week. Yeah. Um. Like, just fly out there. Time in Ireland. It's one forty nine right now in Ireland, p.m. Perfect. Yeah. We did do a midday, we just, we do do a a midday show, show from Ireland. <laughs> some some nice little pub. Oh, oh, my gosh. That would be incredible. Um, we're doing the show. It would be morning here, afternoon there. Yeah. Oh, Let's God help our livers if that's put, the case. Put it in Randy's ear. Yeah, hey, dude. Um, we're going to go to Ireland, and we're, we're going to be doing the show. I'll go on my own dime because we're, we're going to get tore up. This ain't my day job. We're going to get tore up and do the show. Um, we'll get drunk enough to make someone kiss the Blarney Stone, too. Because I was in Ireland. Um, I don't think I want to kiss the Blarney Stone. No, you, you don't want to kiss the Blarney no. Stone. I wanna, I'll tell you why. Oh, no, I know why. Um, I went to Ireland. The locals pee on it. Yeah, they they pee all over it. It's, it's a, a running joke they got for the Irish. Because yeah. my cousin married a fine wee Irish lass and we went to Ireland and we took a big trip. So um, we stayed for about almost three weeks and at the end of the trip was the wedding. So we adventured around Ireland, flew into Shannon, um, did just about everything, uh, drove around all over Ireland. And when we were talking to... Did um, you have a driver? No, my step... Well, my stepdad drove. Okay. I was I was designated drinker, but like he was I, I, I'm saying, because some of those roads are a little dude. Hard those to roads are dicey. Yeah, they're they're they fit like if it's a two all lane car. road, it fits like a car. Yeah, but all the roads they have it's stone walls. Yeah, so you can't go, you can't pull over because it's a stone wall. Right, and if another car's coming, you got everyone's got to slow down and just, just kind of squeeze, by, squeeze each other. by. But if you're a local, you ain't slowing down. You already know what you're doing. Yeah. But if you're, you know, you're, you're on the opposite side of the road, the cars are, you know, different. And then it's the locals get wild out there driving. And since my cousin married an Irish lass, we were with obviously the Irish side of the family. They party, dude. Like oh, they yeah. lived in this old historic castle, and part of it was they had to like they had to like maintain it for the historic society yeah. out there. So we had this wedding on the on these castle grounds. It wasn't like a huge, crazy castle or anything. It was like a, it was smaller, but it was really cool. Um, but they talked about how all the people that are visiting and touring there, when they go kiss the Blarney Stone, all the locals there think it's hilarious to just go get drunk and pee all over the Blarney Stone. So when you got to, because you got to like lay down and like put your head back and then kiss the Blarney Stone. Well, you're kissing, you're kissing the stone that's covered in, you know, piss. <laughs> so don't, maybe, maybe we don't kiss the Blarney Stone. I did not kiss it when I was out there. I was like, eh, I'm good on that one. So yeah, uh, that'll be a really good time if we were uh, able to do that, RJ. In fact, 2027, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right, so we can get a, we can get a bug in Randy's ear to get out there and get it going. But yeah, so uh, where the story started, Northwestern going to be playing at Lambeau Field this year as they don't have a, uh, a permanent home right now as Ryan Field goes under a bunch of reno- res- uh, renovations. Excuse me. But Ireland is friggin' awesome, dude. The Guinness over there, it's like drinking chocolate milk. It's delish. And the JMO tastes even better, too. I don't know if I was jet lagged for three weeks or if I was just like permanently like just drunk. I had a hard time sleeping. <laughs>
when I was out there, those when Borat first came out. So everyone out there was like, "Do you Americans hate Borat?" I'm like, "No, I love the movie." Like, you know, I was making fun of you guys, right? I'm like, yeah, I know. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> want to talk a little NFL here as uh, we'll get to the Green Bay Packers. But first, there is some drama going down in Chicago as uh, Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback. If uh, you're up on the social media comings and goings, Justin Fields has removed the Bears from his social media accounts. He also unfouled a bunch of players on the Chicago Bears as the Bears are you know, expected to make a choice of whether they're going to keep on with Justin Fields or trade Justin Fields. Bears, you know, with those draft picks, right? And um, I'm wondering what's going to happen here is uh, Caleb Williams is the big get. So uh, many thinking, you know, does Justin Fields, you know, get traded from the Bears? Do they go with... Caleb Williams, what are they going to do? Well, right now, if you're reading between the lines, and I don't know how much you read between the lines of social media, if Justin Fields is unfollowing all of these accounts, like his own players, uh, teammates, uh, the Chicago Bears themselves, is it uh, he long for the Bears world? So what is going to happen there in Chicago? You look at the Minnesota Vikings. What will uh, become of Kirk Cousins as uh, reading from... Uh, a couple of accounts here that they're just handling Kirk Cousins all wrong there in Minnesota. Uh, Vikings obviously need to be getting a quarterback too. Many talking about how they're going to you know, get a quarterback early, as they should. They need that. And then you look at the Detroit Lions, uh, the NFC North. Uh, they are you know, the team to beat, you know, the kings of the North right now, which is crazy to say. Uh, they're set. You know, Jared Goff, they got their roster. And then you look at uh, the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are getting just a ton of hype this offseason as a, a big-time team to watch to make the next step. Obviously, with Jordan Love becoming that guy, is he next in line from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers now to Jordan Love? It's looking like he's going to be the part, right? You saw him really bring it together after that Steelers game, and Matt LaFleur started opening up the playbook and letting Jordan Love be comfortable while Jordan Love got comfortable, and you saw the offense really start to uh, explode, especially with the emergence of these Young wide receivers. You know, Aaron Jones, the constant there in the backfield. A.J. Dillon, don't think he's going to be a Green Bay Packer. We'll see. Packer's probably going to go, you know, early in the draft, getting a running back. Got to sure up that line as well. But I saw the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously your Super Bowl winner. They had a funny tweet yesterday. Their tweet was, This season, our defense held opponents to under 25 points in 20 of 21 games marking the most such games for any team in NFL history. Who was the one team that they didn't hold that to? That would be your Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love. We were all talking about that matchup. Packers, Chiefs, Mahomes, Love, and the Packers, they did it. 27-19 to over the eventual Super Bowl winners, the Kansas City Chiefs. If you uh, get down with transitive property, then maybe your Green Bay Packers are Super Bowl winners. How about that? But in that game, you know, Jordan Love, 25 of 36, 267 yards and three tutties for Jay Love. And you were like, I think this is the guy. I think this is the guy to do it. Jordan Love uh, was on um, uh, Michael Parsons' podcast talking about, you know, a turning point in the season. And uh, we'll play a couple of clips here from Jordan Love as uh, he sat down. You know, the turning point of the season and what his best parts were. Here's a little clip of Jordan Love on when it really started to get together 
for number 10 out there. Take you a see everything. You, you don't try to see it, but you see everything. Yeah. Um, even when I, I, like, especially after losses, I'm not about to get on no social media. I ain't trying to see what people talking about. I know they talking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I, I think from the start of the year, like we, we was locked in. I was locked in. Um, you know, we started fast. We had our first game in Chicago, came out hot, beat up on them. And then obviously we got in that funk. I got in that funk, started throwing a couple picks, forcing the ball. Um, and man, that's when I really locked it. After after the Vegas game, I threw three picks that game. We lost. I threw a pick on the last play of the game. Um, after that game, I was like, man, I felt like I was hesitating out there. I would see stuff, and you know, I was processing. I would see it, but I, I'd hesitate to throw it. Um, and after that game, I was like, man, who cares? I'm. I know I gotta trust myself. I know I'm a great player. I know uh, I can read a defense right and uh, put the ball where I want it. So I just gotta trust myself and let it rip and be confident out there. And uh, that's what it was, man. I just started trusting my receivers too. I knew I was I was going to give them chances to go up there and get that ball, man. And uh, we was throwing it up. Yeah, I was throwing it up, man. They, and they was making plays. So there's Jordan Love uh, talking to Michael Parsons. You know, once he started trusting his receivers and having confidence in himself, and we all saw that from Jordan Love. Uh, there was a time there when the Packers were spinning around at what two and five, and people talking about tanking the season, getting better draft picks, yada yada yada. And, you know, the NFL, everything is so crazy week in and week out. Uh, Packers never gave up. They held that locker room together very well, which was a, it's a hard thing to do, especially when you have not many veterans back there. I mean, you had Aaron Jones, right? You know, that was your, outside of Bakhtiari, who's the longest tenured guy there, but what's Bach even doing? Uh, he had that one play, uh, not even a play. He had the, against the Chicago Bears, what Jordan Love was just talking about there when they ripped it up, when Aaron Jones had a, a nice little day. And, you know, we thought, you know, Look at this. Packers are going to come on out gangbusters. David Bakhtiari had one play or just one move. He stood up from the line, did the middle finger to the Chicago Bears faithful in Soldier Field, and that was like the one shining moment of David Bakhtiari last year. And we'll get into some Bakhtiari talk as Packers got uh, some decision-making to do with him with Agent 69. But Jordan Love, once he started trusting those wide receivers, you know, talking about that 2-5 and five, uh, when the Packers were kind of spiraling right there, that locker room, they held it together, and it really showed as the season progressed that they trusted in one another and were able to accomplish a lot. Um, I know it got a little dicey there when they lost to Tommy DeVito and the Giants, and then Baker Mayfield comes in to Lambeau Field, puts up a perfect pass rating, the first quarterback to ever do so in the history of Lambeau Field, and you're getting a little, hey, what's going on here again? Well, that offense, though, really started humming, and against the Dallas Cowboys, that was a thing of beauty to see the Cowboys just get punked in Jerry's world. Just absolutely hilarious. But on Jordan Love, you know, is he that next guy? Is he the third uh, lightning to strike from Favre to Rodgers, now to Jordan Love? Uh, Talking about, Jay Love did on the Michael Parsons podcast, you know, the 2020 draft and the moment that he was found, uh, that he found out he's going to Green Bay as a Packer. Cool insight here from Jordan Love. As Brian Gutekun circled that guy, he's like, I want him. Traded up to get him. Uh, a lot of people were, uh, myself included, like, I can't believe they just did that. Like, why are you upsetting the apple cart here with Aaron Rodgers, who was just, you know, coming off an MVP? Well, here's Jordan Love. For you, but, like, that whole process, you go to the combine, you talk to every team in the combine. You meet with every team, all these GMs, and I feel like they're all, you know, they don't give you too much. They just ask you questions, ask you about yourself, ask you how you are as a player, and it's all kind of similar stuff. So you don't really get a feel who likes you. My year coming out, I knew that, you know, there were certain teams that were, were going to be taking a quarterback. Um, obviously, we knew Joe Burrow was going, he was going to the Bengals. Um, and it was kind of going to see what happens after that with the, the Dolphins, the Chargers, um, and just go from there. But, man, I had no idea. Um, I actually only talked to Green Bay 
I talked to them at the combine, and I, t- I actually talked to them uh, the night before the draft. I talked to Matt and uh, the offense coordinator, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. So, but at the same time, like I said, you're talking to everybody. So I, I couldn't really get a beat on, on who wanted me, who was going to pick me. Nobody's showing me their hand. Um, so I ain't know. And then draft night unfolds, man. And obviously Joe goes number one with the Bengals. Um, Tua to Miami. Yep. Uh, Jay Herbo to the Chargers. And I'm like, okay, that's the teams that need a quarterback. So I, I knew need a quarterback. So it's like, okay, now nah, we're going to play the weight game, see who needs it. I thought, you know, coming into it, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to go first round. You know what I mean? Um, everything I was hearing was like, yeah, you're going first round, you're going first round. After those teams went, I was like, okay, man. What's up? <laughs> About the waiting game. We were sitting there in my house waiting, like, okay, man. Who's, everybody's getting taken off the board. No more quarterbacks getting taken. I'm like, okay, so who really needs a quarterback right now? And then, uh, yeah, man, we sitting there out of the blue, get that call. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm. Oh, okay. Hello? Yeah, okay. Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and that's pretty cool right there for Jordan Love. And you know, take you back to 2020. How surprised were you when the Packers traded up to get Jordan Love? Again, upsetting the apple cart with Aaron Rodgers. Um, some people right then were starting to teeter on it on Rodgers, number 12, him being around. And then with Jordan Love waiting in the wings, what other NFL franchise has the balls to have a first-round quarterback sit a couple of years and not be a factor, if anything. Hell, how many times do you see a team throw out a quarterback that they just drafted just to watch his kind of career go you know, up in flames or just kind of kill his confidence? I'll look at the Chicago Bears of Justin Fields where we started this conversation. You know, They thought Fields would be their guy. The Bears have always been able to draft a quarterback and just kill confidence and never been able to give him the pieces. When the Green Bay Packers, what other team, what other team in the NFL – does what the Packers do. It's absolutely incredible to have these guys sit behind legends, to learn the ropes, and then when they come out, impress you. And when Aaron Rodgers came out, I mean, you could tell he was impressive. Now, the Packers team itself at that time, not the greatest, but you could tell right there there was talent right there. Jordan Love. I think it's even more incredible what he's been able to do because he didn't know what you had in the team. You had rookie, a couple second-year wide receivers, you had tight ends that you weren't sure, you know, what it was all about with Musgrave and Kraft. You know you had a constant in Aaron Jones, and you hope maybe you had a good defense that could be stout. And could Jordan Love be that guy? Well, Jordan Love now looking like he is that guy as the Packers looking pretty set here moving forward. And the future's very bright. Packers getting a lot of love, though, preseason. Um, we had a conversation last week. Uh, they are the one of the top five teams to watch coming in uh, to next year, and now people have them what around tenth for Super Bowl rankings. They got the Lions slightly above them. The Cowboys are right in that range, and with Matt Lafleur, with you know, questions surrounding Matt Lafleur as well in the play calling. But when he let Jordan Love open it up, when he knew Jordan Love was comfortable, you really saw that off uh, saw that offense start to take off. The question always remains, though, as a Packers fan. What is that defense going to look like? I think we have more questions defensively, obviously a new DC and Jeff Halfley coming in, of what they will be as opposed to what this offense will be. Because Jaden Reed, a dog. Detavian Wicks, a dog. You know, you got Romeo Dobbs, a dog. You got all these guys coming up. And this offense, if Jordan Love can keep on – ascending, which it looks like he is, we're going to be in for a very, very good time 
coming up here in the next go-around for the NFL season. Very stoked, very excited. Yeah, uh, Kinger uh, just messaged in here. The Packers haven't started a rookie quarterback since 1987. How about that? 1987, the last time the Packers started a rookie quarterback. Brandon Woodruff, indeed, back with the crew. You know, he had that shoulder surgery right before the playoffs last year, which was a big bummer, you know, entering into uh, the playoffs. It was a huge blow. Tough. You know, Corbin Burns went out there and, yeah, wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. wasn't the greatest. Burns now a Baltimore Oriole, and he thought that you know combo of Burns and Woodruff would, it would be the end of it. Well, Woody is back on that two-year deal. Expected to miss most, if not all, of 2024. The contract is aimed at 2025. So at 31 years old, you know, what do you have? Uh, he had some injuries throughout the season, though. He made nine effective starts after returning in August, and the shoulder began acting up again late in the year. You know, not a part of the team's wildcard series roster because of that injury. So with this, you know, Woody hit the open market. No one, you know, really wanted him, obviously. Back with the crew, though. Uh, the 2024 season was set to be his final year of team control, uh, meaning Milwaukee would have had to pay, what, Woody 11 mil or so uh, to spend the season rehabbing, only to have him become a free agent once healthy. So the Brewers, you know, hit that open market and comes back. So the new two-year contract, uh, details still going to emerge, but likely includes a low base salary for 2024 with a higher salary and he'll get plus incentives in 2025. So if Woody gets healthy enough in time to contribute in 2024, that would be great. But more of a 2025 move, and Brandon Woodruff just being there is going to be great for the clubhouse, even if he's not going to be pitching, which I assume he's not, right? But you know, Christian Yelich finally reported yesterday uh, to uh, Maryville for spring training, and he said, this is from Woody, or um, from Yelly about Woody, that everyone in the clubhouse very excited about the news of Woody coming back. Yeah, he's a great team. He's, everybody loves having Woody around, and it's just going to be big to have him around this year. Um, you know, whatever capacity, whether you know he pitches or not, who knows? But just to have him around, and then hopefully have him again next year, um, ready to go, will be huge for us. And love playing with him. You know, there's nobody else I'd rather have the ball on the mound than, than Woody. You know, he's, he's proved it over and over again in, in big games and uh, great competitor, great teammate. So it's really nice to have him back. So, yeah, that's awesome to hear from Christian Yelich. So you look at that pitching staff right now. You know, Burns now traded and Woody Hurt. Freddie Peralta is your ace leading that Brewers rotation. You got Wade Miley, uh, Colin Ray, D.L. Hall, the other trade that they got, um, the piece that they got, excuse me, and Jake uh, Jake Junis. So what is this rotation going to look like for the Brewers? Aaron Ashby also coming back from injury as well. There's kind of a, a, not kind of, but there is a youth movement going on for the Milwaukee Brewers. And Yelly was asked about that. You know, do the Brewers, their chances of the NL Central, kind of a wide open Central, how are the Cubs going to be? Will the Cardinals bounce back? The Reds feel like maybe they have a chance. And then there's the, the lowly Pirates. Every year they want nutting to sell the team. Hell, he'll even take pictures with fans for the Pirates, very few of them, with shirts that say, sell the team. You can go find it going viral uh, on Twitter. But Yelly, a bullish on the Brewers' chances this year. Again, noting youth in Milwaukee. Um, I definitely think we're going to be a competitive team this year. You know, we, even when we've been good the last few years, like no one ever picks us to be good, you know, just because, you know, we're the Brewers and <laughs> it is what it is. But, um, 
I think, you know, I think that we have a chance to, to really surprise some people with, with the talent in this room. And, uh, we usually always find a way to be competitive and be there at the end and give ourselves a chance. So um, you never know what's going to happen over 162 games, the six-month season. There's there's a lot of ups and downs. You know, there's going into it, you know, there's going to be great times. You know, there's going to be stretches where it gets really tough and rough and you just have to you know, just put your head down and keep going. We've done a really good job of that um, over the years and it's going to be fun to watch this kind of new wave come up and I think some of the guys that we've had here and that have kind of moved on are obviously going to be some of the best players that this franchise has seen you know put on a brewery uniform these guys have done a really good job and, um, but before they were that there were also these young kids that were super talented that people weren't as familiar with and then kind of grew and um, you know learned themselves at the big league level and developed into these um, household names and some of the best players in the game so these guys definitely have that potential and um, I could see a similar story kind of unfolding in, in that sense of you know when, when it was my first year here you had the haters the woodies freddies corbins um, all these guys coming up at the same time that ended up being really really good players in this league and uh, you know that ends up happening right now a lot of high ceiling there for the Milwaukee Brewers. There's Yelly uh, again on the Brewers' chances this year, loving the young uh, assembly of talent here in Milwaukee. And one of the big guys when it comes to talent, unproven but getting that big eight-year deal, Jackson Cheerio. This dude is uh, got comps of all-timers of just how good he was in the minors and now coming up with that big deal, expecting a lot from him. The Brewers, you know, Investing a lot, believe a lot in Jackson Cheerio. Who else believes in him? Christian Yellitz. One more comment from Yelly about Cheerio coming up. Yeah, obviously, just uh, whenever we're on the field together, whenever the first time I see him play the spring training, it'll be the first time I've actually seen him play in person. So he's obviously really talented for the organization to make a commitment like that. Um, you know, he's got a very bright future ahead of him. And, you know, we just got to let him play. You know, just let him play. Let him be Let him be a kid. Let him be a rookie in the big leagues. You know, um, obviously, when you sign a contract like that, there's expectations and everything that come along with that. But at the same time, just let him play. You know, there's there, part of – there's going to be growing pains in the big leagues. There's going to be really bright moments. There's, there's going to be everything in between. And it's like – you just gotta let him let him be a kid. Let him let him get his feet wet, and um, you know, obviously, the sky's the limit for him with his talent. Just, you know, I, I'd say we should just be patient with him and, and just let him play. You know, and you don't want to put like those those crazy uh, that crazy pressure or expectations on him right away because he's a twenty year old kid. You know, there's going to be obviously really really bright moments, but then also probably some growing pains. But that's part of it. And he'll be better for it. I got to correct Yelly on one thing right there. Uh, he He's not 20. He's 19 years old, Jackson Cheerio, getting that huge $82 million contract in December despite having played only six games above the AA level. So excited to see the development of Cheerio. Uh, as Yelich stresses there, be patient with him. But this guy, um, crazy, crazy numbers. Crazy numbers for Jackson Cheerio. And then on Christian Yelich himself, I mean, Yelly had a good season last year. Played 144 games out of uh, in in 202, but missed half of September due to uh, some back, yeah, a little back tightness he had there. Uh, he said that's not an issue anymore. He's feeling fine, heading into the workouts, and he's also all in on the new manager Pat Murphy. Pat Murphy had some interesting comments to say. So obviously, great counsel, the angry rooster. 
now down in Chicago, under the guise of being able to stay close to his family. Okay, gag me. But Craig Council went full Judas on us. Went to the Chicago Cubs. Pat Murphy now uh, has known Craig Council since college. Different personalities. Murphy a little more fiery of a guy. And he was talk or was talking on um on Bleacher Report with Craig Council with the Cubs, how much bigger is now this rivalry with the Cubs and the Brewers? Here yeah, you know. I think it's good for baseball. I think uh what Counts did can be viewed in, in many different ways. I've been close with this guy since he was seventeen years old, so I, I don't need to comment on anything, you know, we'll always be close. It doesn't matter what happens. We could fight and uh you know Counts could jump on my back during a brawl, and we're still going to be, you know, uh, that would be his best strategy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. There's Murphy on. It's good for baseball with this rivalry, and there's still going to be buds. But for us Brewers fans, you're like, man, you put that knife right in our back when you went to Chicago for that big old deal to be the manager of the Cubs. It's just something I'll never get over.